podcast. What's up, y'all? Silversations number 18, right here. Silversations is our platform for bringing more courage, compassion, and wonder in the world. We've got a connection building card game, we've got this podcast, and it's really about, you know, I think just highlighting and showing how y'all can build this more in your life and have this opportunity to connect with people on a on a more intimate or deeper level is very readily available to all of us just through the the practice of really holding space with each other you know and by by holding space meaning you know just listening and and connecting and being interested in where someone is at within their just mind their mood uh, that day and just staying present with it and and having curiosity to learn more about that. And so, yeah, today today's episode is somebody that I've been able to do that with for about 15 years now, uh, Mr. Brian Chu. And so um, Chewy, as I call him, is a old friend. We go back to UC Irvine days, and we first met when we were playing flag football against each other. We were in opposing fraternities. And I didn't know Chewy, but we played against each other. And um, we actually kind of introduced each other when we were both flying back one day from Irvine home to the Bay Area. And I just saw him in the in the waiting area and then just said, what's up to him? And then we kind of said hi to each other. And then it was our first time uh, connecting. And then later we would come to meet in the the spot program which is like an orientation program at uci which is to like welcome all the incoming freshmen but it's so much more than that it's a community it's a lot of what ex is built and what, what's helped build silversations and uh it, it's all about it was all about like welcoming people there was like diversity training um a lot of cool aspects within it which was like discussion group families so you would be grouped in with certain people that had done the program before and you would connect and learn from them. There'd be weekly meetings, uh, like everybody's affiliations you didn't know. So everybody came uh, just as the person. So you didn't know if they returned, if they were affiliated, what they did on campus, just that they were this person. And, um, and then the childlike wonder in that aspect of the program. And um, we would spend summers just the 115 uh, of us that were on staff just really getting tight and all prepping to welcome incoming freshmen where we'd stay in a dorm with them over the weekend um, and we'd name the dorm we'd do hall chants uh, we'd play pranks just like the whole experience it was it was really like a camp experience um, but like a mentorship program and it really um, exercised a lot of those um, I think the the feelings of inclusion diversity as I was saying um and open-mindedness and holding space and um you know welcoming people in and so me and chewy were able to do that program together and got super tight within that um and he's just always been one of my close friends with us both growing up in the bay area um and on to the ventures that he's been we've been to a ton of festivals together so there's been a lot of iterations of myself uh that he's been such a big part of and so um, you know, this conversation is, I think it's a little bit different from some of the other silver stations in, in that, uh, 
I think the the vibration sometimes of what me and Chewy are on, it's there's this uh there's almost like this teammate aspect or this teammate vibe and we're really in it and kind of going back in it and so um yeah and Chewy's like a coach you know everybody calls him coach Chewy so he's like through and through a coach you can catch that in his mindset and so um yeah we we catch up on life and obviously everything that's going on and as we're both both getting older we're both 38 now so to just kind of discuss and and catch up with each other so um yeah this is uh my friend uh somebody who's mentored me someone who's shaped my life very much somebody i look up to this is mr brian chu check it out y'all yeah we definitely know how to ride the tiger yeah we're riding the tiger yeah (laughs) so so you know to start i always let people know um why why i would love to have them or why I want to have them on conversations because, you know, for me, it's a very personal experience. It's a very, there's a lot of healing for me. It's a profound experience for me. It makes me feel more connected to the world, uh, to my own life. And so, um, you specifically, you are somebody who I feel like we have similar backgrounds growing up in the Bay area, going to school at UCI. Um, and then I've always just, you know, admired when we, when we get to the talks of what life is about. I think at that at that core piece of what we believe life is about or at least what we're pursuing in our life or or that kind of understanding of truth and purpose I mean you have always shared that and always had amazing conversations and just gets to the to the heart of it when we talk um in addition to the love for the bay area sports you know and uh Mm -hmm. just the camaraderie and the the brotherhood that we've shared over you know that's it's what 16 years now um mm-hmm. and it's been a, a long time you know and uh just to have followed your journey and where you've gone from our experience at uci to spop to travel you traveling abor- abroad working at wells fargo being a basketball coach being an assistant coach with you <laughs> uh, you know like yeah. all the mu- all the music festivals all the experiences to um you making the move back home to your experience being a coach back at home and kind of going through your journey as a coach and then now ultimately being an athletic director. Um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see an old friend become all those things and be all those things, but just be chewy. You know, when we, when we connect, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's such a timeless feeling. Like, you know, for people, when you have timeless friends or when you, you know, when you have friends that time, time is not, time is not, what creates the context of your relationship, right? It's the idea that you're, you're connected with that person and there's an understanding, there's core beliefs that are, um, the same. And so regardless of what happens over time or what those experiences are, when we, when we get together, we just like settle right back into that place of yo chewy, you know? Um, so I really appreciate that. So you're at my soul, man. So what better, what better (laughs) way to do to do for someone to do conversations than with someone that's that's there. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that even just getting to the chance to share kind of my my journey because I know, uh, it, you know, thinking on it, it's it's an interesting journey that has had a lot of ups and downs, and you kind of seen me progress through all those you know journeys, um, and 
you know, I know that I'm going to learn a lot just from being able to share this with you and, and kind of yeah. share this with other people and sharing my story. Um, I know I'll be able to look back at this conversation, you know, in five, 10 years or so um, yeah, and take so much about it because I really kind of see this as really kind of a snapshot uh, of kind of where we're at and, and kind of the mentality and, and mm -hmm. thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that being able to think, listen to this again and even share this specifically with my parents, too. Um, yeah. Because I think they'll learn more about me as a person yeah. um, uh, through kind of me sharing the journey. Um, so I actually look really forward to these kind of conversations, to be completely honest. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think that's even even that's right. Like even you just sharing that when the way that you're able to think about that and process that of like this is this is the value in uh, coming on a podcast. And even though you've probably never done one to just bear your soul and to just have the real conversation, yeah. you know, that's, that's how I've come to know you. And that, that, that's the thing that's right. There is the, that's the, that's the soup of it right there where I know when I'm going to talk with Chewy, we're just going to get into it. We're going to, we're going to get into the realness and we're going to, we're going to meet, you know, you know how many conversations we have over the years, Chewy, where it's just me and you and we're in that zone and we, we grab hands <laughs> and we make that fist, you know, it's like that power <laughs> fist where we're holding each other's hands and it's not, we're not even saying a lot of things, but we're just holding that space with each other. Um, that's, that's like something, uh, you know, if you're listening, like when you're just sharing like a moment with somebody and it's, it's, uh, you're just connected through this like life force and this understanding. I, mean, I know me and Chewy would just have this like power grab hand thing and just like nod mm -hmm. at each other and just be like yes and, and that confirmation it's a it's a powerful thing so it yeah I'm, I'm trying to explain it but it's very visceral like i can i can feel that in my in my yeah. soul when when i talk about that so yeah man absolutely yeah so yeah. let's just see uh, obviously you know last time i saw you was when i visited the bay um i think it was a back in september for my mom's birthday um i came mm -hmm. home so even that it's been a while since we chatted four months like yep. just how are you doing where are you at these days um you know it's uh it, i'm getting to that space where you know it's kind of go time for me specifically as an athletic director um you know i've really spent these last four months you know it's really since kind of the beginning of the school year really focused as a teacher and kind of adapting to the new learning environment um, while kind of balancing my athletic director role. I mean, it, it's kind of a crazy time for me specifically because, you know, I, I teach and I'm an athletic director at a school of 1,100 students. So that's a that's a big community. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with the pandemic going on and kind of kind of staying in tune with kind of what's going on with the, the virus and the county and kind of trying to predict a little bit and kind of balance, uh, you know, kind of the student community a little bit. And I've really kind of tried to be, you know, very positive and hopeful for the student community, but also at the realistic at the same time. Um, so now as we kind of progress towards, you know, the end of February, kind of starting getting a start date for athletics, um, I'm not going to lie, it's a... <laughs> It's a lot. It's a it's a big uh, big task at hand, you know, with yeah. a lot of people relying on me, not just in students, but staff, coaches, you know, families, yeah. administrators. Uh, it's a lot to juggle. Not and that's just talking about the athletic director. I mean, I still have to teach two classes and do a, a cyber high class, you know. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot on my plate, and then that's just on you know the professional side, you know. Um, obviously, on the personal side, you know 
you know, just really, you know, embracing that family time with my parents as, you know, they're getting older and, and those we're kind of reaching that point in life where, you know, mortality is something that's on all our minds as the years go on mm-hmm. um, and kind of balancing that out a little bit too, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, realistically, like right now where I'm at, I, I hate to say I'm at a good spot just because of all the different things that are going on around it, you know, in the mm-hmm. world, people kind of, you know, struggling out there with the pandemic, whether it's, you know, health wise or even just financially or, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, I feel guilty to say that I'm handling it pretty well, um, even though I've been, you know, pretty in isolation, you know, yeah. for about a year now, mm-hmm. um, you know, realistically, like, you know, seeing you in September, <laughs> you're probably the only friend I've really actually seen you know, face to face in in an entire year, you know, and that's weird. But for me personally, like, I'm handling it pretty easy, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because it's like, shouldn't I have more of a need to like, kind of see more people. But, you know, for me personally, you know, seeing my parents is is kind of good enough for me right now. So it's kind of a weird spot or trying to balance it all, you know, uh, as best I can. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if I'm just hearing you right, um, you know, the idea of mortality, that's something, you know, I, with my birthday, uh, a couple of weeks ago, talking with my brother and my sister and just kind of catching up about my, our dad. Um, and that idea of mortality, right. I think as we get older, we just realize the world is not, you know, there is, there is the idea of like our purpose and the, the things that we want to do in this world. And, but just be growing in that awareness as we grow older and become more aware of the world at large. And especially if we're trying to make a difference in students' lives and in the work that we're doing and then how that all comes back into play when you're, especially when you're spending time with your parents, the people that, you know, I know are super influential to you and you have friendships with them and you have such a close relationship with them that, you know, I, I think that, that makes all the sense in the world because it's very clear like you have your priorities of what's important to you and um i don't think that's weird i think if anything that's that's knowing yourself and and being in a really blessed spot and that's awesome yeah i think that uh 2020 really taught me that or i think the biggest takeaway from 2020 is nothing nothing is guaranteed um who would have thought you know for most of the year uh schools would shut down you know, we'd be in a pandemic for most of the year, um, you know, and I, I think going into this new decade, you know, I, I think I'm starting to come to the realization that this, by the end of this decade, I'm going to go through some major life changes, um, yeah. just kind of understanding, you know, kind of my parents' age, you know, I think, you know, this is going to be a new decade for me where I'm going to go through some life changes. And I don't know, I guess, you know, I'm pretty reflective and, you know, yeah. analytical at the same time where I, I kind of do my best to prepare myself for those thoughts and, yeah. and kind of um, come to peace with those kind yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, definitely interesting times, especially kind of being away from all, all my friends yeah. uh, um, or whatnot. But, you know, to be honest, you know, I feel pretty comfortable with where I'm at, even though I know I there's always more that I could be at, or there's more, always more that I want to progress in, in a specific way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mind if I ask like, what are the, what are those things that are, that you're thinking about the most when you think about the changes that are coming? Um, just my parents probably right now. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, I re- realized growing up, uh, probably the biggest fear I had growing up was like my dad passing away, you know, and mm-hmm. that was probably my, my biggest fear. And, uh, you know, um, you know, as we get older, like I said, you know, just kind of repairing that I and mean, even having that conversation with my parents, uh, they asked me, you know, who do I want to be, you know, trustees, you know, on, mm-hmm. on my, you know, trust account or, uh, who do I want to be beneficiaries, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I get incapacitated, you know, who's going to be kind of that executioner? I don't, I don't know if that's the right word or whatnot. And mm-hmm. that's kind of an interesting question to ask, especially, especially for me, uh, being 38, you know, single, uh, I'm an only child, you know, so I don't have the natural brothers and sisters to kind of rely on to that. You know, I don't have any children to pass on to, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, who knows when that stuff will even kind of come to fruition. Um, so it's kind of a, those, those are hard questions to ask now, but that's kind of where we're at within kind of our age range and, and especially our parents' age range. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's wild, you know, cause it, I think a lot of, a lot of our memories together, even though we've shared a bunch in our thirties, right. That, I think when we think about our, I think about our relationship, there's a lot of coming of age through the twenties and and like discovery and there's there's a lot of like carefree there's a lot of just like complete presence with friends and experiencing and um yeah so it it is wild for me to hear about it from you because we've gone through that journey and um to hear to hear you balance these things because i think you know a lot of people in their 30s that's that's these are the conversations that begin to happen and these are the these are the things that change perspectives these are the things that uh, change the way we act or create evolution or create a progression or whether or not we, whether or not we want to do that, we have to ask ourselves these questions and it's, I think it's super healthy, you know, and I think it's, that's the beauty of, of life and also like the journey of what we're experiencing. And, you know, I think, I think if anybody, you've done an amazing job of staying present with your parents. And, uh, I know with you moving back home that, you enjoy it, you know, and you love that time with your parents and that's mad valuable, you know, and talking with my brother and sister, like my, my brother is still salty. You know, he says, he's like, I'm still salty. I'm still bitter over the fact that, you know, that he didn't get more time with my dad or that the grandkids didn't get to see him, you know? And I think my dad passed away when my brother was 31, you know? So in, in that, that regard, you know, I, I, I feel really good about, at least for you, you know, when you look back on everything, regardless of whenever, you know, that you, you put your priorities cause you've always led with your heart, you know, you're, you're analytical, you're a coach, you're a, an athletic director, but you're the, you're the human heart. If the human heart was a human form, you know, it's, you've always led with that. And that's what makes you a good coach. And it's what makes you a good educator, a powerful educator. And so, um, yeah, I think me just just supporting that, you know, the, to just like step into this time because you have all the tools, you know, you have all the. I've experienced it, right? You changed my life, you shaped my life, so. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is funny because you know I I could say the same thing about you. You know, um, I listened to your conversation with you and Jen and talking about uh, being away from your family and that decision that you had to make and you know, I kind of made that opposite decision, you know, mm-hmm. or the opposite mm-hmm. choice, you know, where I, I chose to be closer to my home at that specific time uh, when it, when that cho- uh, chance come came up. And then even, 
you know, seeing how you have uh, lived on, uh, you know, through your father um, and his, you know, passing away and how that's kind of inspired you. Um, that's given me hope, you know, for when I have that, uh, um, when I have to face that, you know, uh, I don't know, challenge, if, challenge is the right word, um, that there is hope. And, and, and especially since I know that I have someone that I can rely on um, to help me get through that time. Um, you know, it makes it more comfortable for me. I mean, especially, you know, for me personally, um, you know, when my pa parents pass, um, you know, like I said, I don't have any brothers or sisters or a large family to rely on. Um, yeah. Me personally, you know, when my parents pass, I know that for me, my support network will be my friends because, you know, mm -hmm. my parents probably don't believe it, but the connections that I built with my friends, you know, are like family. Um, and, and I know that I can rely on them in that way. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, you guys give me so much strength to just keep moving forward and to live through my heart, even though, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, you know, especially in the working world, you know, especially, you know, as a high school coach or AD or whatnot, you know, uh, sometimes you have to balance kind of working through your heart or working through your brain a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and that's kind of the political side of it that I, I kind of always struggle with, yeah. you know, because I'm not a yes man, you know, I'm going to do what's yeah. right for the kids, even if the admin or even if the district doesn't believe that that is what is in line with what they want to do, well, then you know, I always kind of say I have an ace in the hole where I can step away, you know, yeah. and, yeah. you know, maybe it's the time that, that the time I will know the time when it is to step away because uh, I know I can bring value to, you know, not just the community I'm currently working with. But I know if I go to another community, I can, you know, serve that community in the right way. So, you yeah, know, man. my mom kind of talks to me about, you know, making decisions with your heart or your head. And you have to you have to understand which is the right one at the appropriate time you know so yeah. um, that's the wisdom it, i mean it's in a lot of ways it's funny for me right because uh because of our history and, and what our memories are and then to think of you know what i used to think of like my like people in positions uh in high school and how i used to look at them as like as like adults and or, or just any teachers or things like that when we were young and how we viewed them and to think that we're in those positions now um and just how much mm -hmm. we, we don't take ourselves so seriously. Um, that gives me hope uh, because of that. I mean, especially this time, like th I think kids need advocates right now in this time with what's going on in the world, what's going on with the pandemic. Yeah. They, it, we need compassion. We need compassionate educators. We need compassionate leaders. And um, that's, that's, you know, at the end of the day, these are developing young humans and we got to step that's it's hard i don't blame anybody you know because we're all going through our own shit we're all sorting through our own shit we're all facing ourselves in the mirror in a way that we've never faced ourselves you know but for me yeah having educators like that the educators that will center students and center that need that's that right there that's the sauce that's the that's the magic sauce and that's essentially i think what will make you effective in any community, right? It doesn't have to be as an athletic director, you know? And I think that's, I think that's, that's amazing too. That's another, you never set out to be an athletic director. You know, and I remember you going through the process of like, mm -hmm. oh, you're, you're like, oh crap moment of like, can I be an athletic director? Can I handle this? And <laughs> you have, man, you've taken on the biggest challenge. You've taken on some big 
professional life challenges where I know, I know just by talking to you in your mind, you were like, I don't know if this is what I, this is if like I'm qualified or if I have the skills. And I feel like we've had those conversations and you know, you're, you're that example for me that you, you can learn, you can do it. And, and there's a way to do it with a certain creed or a certain way of being that shows up. That's truth. That's truth that comes out. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I'm definitely a person that it's kind of trial by error that learns by experience. And, and that's why I feel like my coaching journey in uh, my journey as a teacher and uh, as an athletic director is so unique because I didn't have any experience in any of this. You know, I wasn't like some big time high school athlete in, that played college or anything like that. You know, yeah. uh, you know, my first coaching job, I mean, who knows if I knew what I was doing, you know, I mean, we almost yeah. got shut out. I, I don't think I got shut out. I think I at least scored one basket. Did you get shut out when you coached the team? Oh, man. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> so I was helping. I didn't Chewy know you could out. get shut you, out as yeah, a basketball Chewy, coach, to be honest. Yeah, well, I had done some like assistant coaching back in the Bay Area, but for like a sixth grade team and an eighth grade team. Uh, and then Chewy was a head coach of what were they JV team or a Frost Soft team? JV Saddleback High School, or yeah, yeah they were JV, 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 high, JV high school team. And Chewy got called into Wells Fargo to work. I think that was it. Wells Fargo that called you in, or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Chu I was had like, to work I, that weekend. Chu was like, I gotta work. Can you coach the team today? And I just remember being like, Oh my gosh, Chewy, I've been to a few practices. <laughs> I don't know how to coach. I don't know your playbook, and I knew a couple plays. And it was yeah, I think it was we went to Mission Viejo, uh, mm-hmm. and then that was terrifying. That was a terrifying like human experience <laughs> for me, where I brought these kids in and. I think, you know, overall, just like when you when you think about the resources kids in like South Orange County have to like basketball and skills and training and things like that, that's already a big difference. And then and then you add in the coaching difference, (laughs) me being in there. (laughs) It was bad. I think it was. Yeah, I think we I I think we kept it under 50. We kept it under 50 points (laughs) being down by 50 points. But I remember that experience of. Uh, just being like, whoa, what is going on right now? This is so surreal. These kids are getting spanked right now, but they're trying. They're trying, and it was, I remember the feeling of it being so chaotic in this, like, I don't know if you ever have the feeling of, like, when the when the blood and the, all the heat is, like, rising in all of your head all to the top, almost like you, you realize you're bombing and you're failing really bad right now, and you have to yeah. make a choice to just face it and to like be in it and that's what the experience is and yeah we got through it and those kids fought through and i'll never forget that experience and but that was like i'm very honored to have that experience and to to support you in that and to be in that experience of man that's really trial by error that's like figuring it out <laughs> as you go. <laughs> and, and that's what i'm saying like no one's really trained me on how to do any of this stuff i've really just kind of had to to learn as i go um and, and and I've definitely experienced bumps in the road, you know, as I go, even though I have the most genuine intentions of why I want to be a coach and how I coach, you know, um, I've definitely experienced, I guess you could say rejection, you know, at certain parts, you know, within my coaching experience, whether it was that first coaching job. And actually, I didn't even get to finish that season. You know, I got yeah. kind of, uh, I wouldn't say fired, but they kind of released me from that coaching job. 
you know, what, three or four games into the season. Actually, after I got my first win as a coach, uh, I got released from that job, you know, and yeah. that was pretty devastating for me personally. You know, like I shed tears about it. Um, it was my like my real first attempt to try to step away from Wells Fargo and really pursue my passion. So yeah. um, that was a big bump in the road that, I, you know, kind of could have turned me either way, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, you know, I kind of reflect on that and, and even just kind of the rest of my coaching journey, you know, where, you know, eventually, you know, I got my first, you know, uh, head co- varsity coaching job after being four years of an assistant, really mm-hmm. just jumped straight into varsity head coaching. Um, after just being an assistant, never actually being a head coach for actual team, you know, normally the progression probably be, you'd be JV head coach, eventually go to the varsity, but I just jumped straight in as a head varsity coach of a girls team. And honestly, probably just fell completely flat on my face, you know, yeah. probably for a different, a much of reasons. And honestly, didn't even complete the season, you know, even though we yeah. were undefeated in league and I had to resign, you know, before we got into the playoffs because, you know, um, circumstances it had it where, you know, just didn't connect with the community. That was really the first time I got felt rejected, you know, as a person from the community, um, yeah. you know, and that was a hard time too. I think you were there when I actually I was, got that job and I, I kind of yeah. shed some tears and I said, Hey, I'm here, you know, I, yeah. I made some steps and, you know, yeah. um, and I, you know, to kind of re- continue to rebound, I guess, and to yeah. pick myself up and just kind of keep pursuing you know, kind yeah. of my purpose, you know, within coaching and, yeah. and then eventually leading as an athletic director, to be honest, right now, professionally, you know, I do feel like I'm a little bit ahead of where yeah. I thought I'd be. I, I didn't think I'd be an athletic director this soon. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just jumped into it, you know, without any real experience. And I don't know how I got through my first year because my first year as AD was pretty crazy in itself. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. you saying um, that you saying this, I wrote. I remember having the conversation with you when you were going to step away from the team the first time, uh, where you were undefeated in the league, but there were there was a there was a result there was a fundamental difference where you felt like your character was being in question, and you didn't feel like in good good faith or in good confidence to yourself that you could return because people didn't view your character in an alignment with which you knew the truth was, so you stepped away. I think that right there, that's Chewy in a nutshell. That's go undefeated in league, take on a job, feeling unprepared, but learning on the go, being a student of the game, student of coaching. I remember we would have so many talks about how to connect with the team and how to, what are things that I can do to build camaraderie? What else can I try? So your hunger was there, you know, and for you to be able um, at the end of the day, you know, that you held that important because I think that's your guiding light, right? That's why you're succeeding now. But it took for you to step away from something that you were successful at, you know, in that in that space of wins and losses. Um, yeah. But ultimately, that that that's not the currency that's the most important to you, which is no. your your own integrity or your own view of yourself. Yeah, and you know, I know I'm gonna struggle every time I do something for the first time. I just know it's gonna be tortured to me whether it's my first year at Wells Fargo, you know, I don't know if you think back to those days, like I was super, super, that was my first ever full-time job, you know, struggled super hard with the sales portion of it. Like every day was torture, kind of similar as a head, first time head varsity coach, you know, every day was torture, really struggled, 
know, I always know if I can get through that first year that, you know, when it comes to the second year, I, I always take the time to reflect, um, yeah. adapt, you know, learn. Um, and that's kind of what I've done as an athletic director. And I've been lucky that, you know, the community that I work as an athletic director, you know, has really kind of embraced me, to be honest, mm -hmm. even though um, I feel like I'm, I do things a different way. You know, I yeah. feel my approach is different, you know, yeah. from other athletic directors to other administrators to previous athletic directors that have held my position at this specific school. Yeah. Um, you know, so, even just my interaction with students. For, you know, yeah. I know that I talk to them in a different way, you know, yeah. and I know my approach to conflict resolution is different. Yeah. Um, for someone who doesn't know what the daily, like what are the responsibilities of an athletic director? Um, you know, so, I mean, essentially you oversee all of the high school athletic sports, you know, so I have about probably 25 plus sports, both varsity and JV teams. And you over, you're, you're, you're in essence, a general manager of all these sports organizations, essentially, or sports teams. Uh, so you, you know, you hire the coaches, you manage the coaches, um, you know, obviously you get all the students cleared with all the requirements, you know, sports physicals, you know, certain documentation they have to, you know, um, you, you know, kind of, you know, you know, fill out and complete. You run the athletic home games, right? You're a representative of this school at, you know, athletic director meetings. You're basically kind of the liaison to the whole entire community, whether it's the admin team, um, the teaching staff the student community, their families, you know, even for me, I also have to do a certain amount of kind of look at the fi financial aspects of the teams, make sure they're all kind of within budget, you know, come up with fundraising ideas, um, you know, and, and, and for me personally, like my probably top, some of my top priorities is creating a culture, right, mm -hmm. creating the right kind of culture um, with the students that they want to be a part of, but even more specifically with the coaches, you know, yeah. um, within my first year, I feel I, I pride myself on the relationships that I have with my coaches because I know how important they are. You know, um, I know that their interaction with the students is, is very valuable being a former or being a coach myself. Um, and I know that, you know, the more um, the more connected I am with my coaches and the more that they I guess, buy into my philosophy of what I try to preach or not preach, yeah. but try to, you know, cultivate, I think is a better word. Yeah. Um, what you have you, that... oh, sorry, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. What have you learned about culture in your time being an athletic director? It really does, it really does depend on the person, you know, like for me personally, like I don't have an ego, you know, so I'm not. I'm not doing, I'm not an athletic director because, I, you know, I'm trying to be the best athletic director. I'm trying to win all these games and, you know, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, reward myself or, or make myself feel better because I'm an athletic director, you know. Um, I, I, you know, that, that word of service that I've learned so much, you know, from, you know, our community, um, I take that to the heart. You know, I always talk about, I'm here to serve the community. I'm here to serve the students. Like, that's my priority. You know, I don't, you know, I'm actually a person that's not comfortable with attention or even comfortable with praise or compliments. Like, I don't, it makes me uncomfortable to uh, yeah. hear good things talk about myself, even though that might be weird to, weird to say. Like, yeah. that's just kind of who I am, you know. Can I Maybe. actually push on that, Trey? Or can I, can we not push on that? Yeah. Can we explore that? Um, why do you think, yeah, yeah, why, do you, 
Yeah. Why do you why do you think why do you think that um, receiving compliments is difficult for you? I think because um, I like to take an underdog mentality about myself, mm-hmm. and you know I like to have that chip on my shoulder, and you know if I continue to praise myself or receive this kind of praise, um, you know it almost kind of I don't know it it just makes me uncom- feel uncomfortable and I don't like to feel settled, you know like mm-hmm. I, I won't continue mm-hmm. to push if I believe into that stuff, you know mm-hmm. and you know probably a little bit you know I think personally I do accept who I am but I know I need to continue to strive for more Mm -hmm. um just naturally you know so that's why I don't know how to react when people say good things about me although probably in the moment or later on when I'm by myself and I really kind of get the chance to think about it you know uh you know I might even shed some tears like I probably shed a lot of tears on my own by myself you know yeah um that's that's interesting yeah well because then this this leads just into a whole different thing because just in my experience of you right which is you know just in our friendship you know and over the years where right it's it's interesting because that's such a defining the underdog lead with the heart the spirit of service that's you to a t and that's the grit and that's the perseverance and that's the resilience that you live with but even just as your friend, right? Just as your friend, not even like, you know, there's like this whole other aspect of like, damn it, why doesn't Chewy see it? Like, like you know, or like Chewy's got to take it. Like there's, a, you know, I don't know the answer, right? But I know as your as your friend, right? And I'm glad we're having this conversation. We're having this conversation, right? Uh, is that idea of like, just as your friend, this, this, this idea of, and obviously I don't want to tell you how to live your life or, you know, that's not my thing, but... I've always felt like, man, if Chewie could just receive it a little bit more, you know, if he could just take that in and take that to heart and not, not that it's like getting to his head, but, and not that it's, it's gassing him up and it's building his ego or it's making you settle, but, but just that concept, cause I know you have confidence, right? So I'm not talking about just, you know, having, I know that you have confidence and you have an understanding that you can do things, but it's almost like this, like if almost receiving to feel lightness or to feel a little bit more light in in your life or in in the world because you know you don't have to fight for that part you know there's like certain things where you're not the underdog i guess is what i want to say right like maybe in certain situations and in the professional situations that you've put yourself in you are the underdog and you're learning on the go but there's other aspects of your life where you're a titan right and you or and then there's other aspects where it's you're just good you're good to go as it is and um you know, it's funny because we play fantasy sports, right? Even in your your personality and the way that you manage a team, right? There's this like constant grind and resilience <laughs> and it's like gritty and you keep going and you make all these moves and you don't give up, right? And that's beautiful. And then um, but I guess, yeah, for me, it's just that, that space of like, man, I want Chewy. I hope, you, I hope you just take the time some days to just like sit back on your couch, you know, put your arms out and be like, man, I'm doing amazing. You know, I am, I am that person and I am somebody I love. I am somebody like, and we talk about, you know, we've talked about dating over the years and we've talked about that concept of, you know, sometimes you don't feel as strong about, um, what that place might be in your life getting older as we, as we get older. And I'm like, 
damn it, Chewie, like you're a freaking catch, man. Like you, you're you, and I. And that's not even a question to me, right? But it's but that piece is like as a friend, where it's like, what what can I do as a friend to to help you understand that more? Where am I coming up short as as somebody who's close to you to like, you know, that I want to make sure that you see that because I don't want you to to miss more time with a person that's going to see you that way but also understanding like you need to be able to receive that so that that person can give it to you and that and that you can have that relationship and you can have that reciprocation yeah no absolutely i think that uh probably probably one of my biggest self personal self struggles is that self-worth piece you know and Mm. um i know that i have amazing friends that validate that self-worth you know but i also know that you know, because I've struggled to really find that partner in life that there's that certain validation when you, you're able to find that partner, you know, and yeah. I've never really just received that validation, I guess. And maybe that's cut. That's why I keep striving to be more, to be better. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I continue to strive to grow professionally. That's why I continue to strive um, to grow physically and, and, and maintain, you know, my fitness or whatnot, you know, and you know, I don't know, you know, and that's probably the, the biggest life question for me personally is how can I make that happen? Because I, don't, you know, I know there's different things that I can do, but you know, I, I also just kind of at the end of the day feel like it's going to happen when it's going to happen. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to stress myself too much over it. I'm just going to continue to live life like I've been doing all my life, to be honest. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm never going to give up, you know, and even kind of, you know, I know, you know, specifically thinking about my parents, you know, and yeah, you know, you know, I know they want me to find that life partner as well. I mean, my parents just had their uh, 44th year uh, mm. wedding anniversary mm. and, um, you know, I just kept congratulating them, to yeah. be honest, because, you know, I, I just think that's such an accomplishment that I don't even know if I'll ever reach to be completely honest. And they kept saying, why do you keep congratulating us and making a big deal out of it? And, you know, that, Mm -hmm. you know, and just in my eyes, you know, I just appreciate that, that level of accomplishment for them. And, you know, um, you know, I I try to let them know every time, like, hey, you know, like, if when you guys pass on, like, don't worry about me. Like, I have the drive to continue to live on and to continue to uh, follow my dreams and mm-hmm. pursue my passions and, um, you know, to, to pursue those personal goals. I always talk about it as more of a personal goal, you know, yeah. and, you know, I'm not not going to give up, but it's also something that I don't feel like I can force as well. Sure. You know, yeah. um, you know so. I will say that, yeah, that whenever I come home and then we, I either come by or we grab a bite. I always get to hear the, the tales of the dating scene with Chewy, and that's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> we go to downtown San Mateo, and go eat somewhere and hear about hear about it. So, yeah, that that online dating stuff just just isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> just don't match with the right people or something. I don't know, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> I guess uh, m- my first uh, kind of can I take this girl to a festival? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm is she telling you, minded like that? Is she yeah, open minded like I'm that? I'm telling you, that's you don't like, even have to go. That's one of the greatest barometers <laughs> right there. Because it means it, going to a festival means so much. Can they? Can they? You know? Can they get by without showering? Can they get by with like <laughs> sleeping outside? Can they? Go, can they go hard in the paint? Can they? Can they keep going? Can they connect with people? Like it's such a great yeah. It's more for me. It's just like, can you be open-minded to that kind of experience? To be completely mm. honest, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you know, even when we go to these festivals, I always, you know, would love that opportunity to have that partner with me during that time, you know, because um, it would just be such a different experience, you know. Because I've been, we've been to plenty of festivals, yeah. you know, and had plenty of, you know, good times, but yeah. I've never had that experience as as a festival. Yeah. If you're listening, I hope you hear that. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting chewy to a festival. Uh, kind of as you're thinking about life and kind of putting this all together, right? And knowing that you are in that space and you are answering these questions. What does it look like for you? Or what 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 is that experience for you to think about, actually place yourself in thinking about these things and moving forward in your future? Do you... Is it something that you just take it as it goes, or is it something you want to create the life that you want? Uh, how do you how do you flow with life these days, or how do you view that? I honestly feel like I'm on point. I'm 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 on the path, mm. right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm fulfilling my purpose as an athletic director. Uh, I know I'm going to learn and grow from this experience. You know, I I kind of see. You know, if I could do be at this school for three to five years, which I don't know if I'm going to be there that long, I could very easily leave after this year, depending on what opportunities are out there. Um, but I feel like I'm a little bit ahead of the game, you know, as far as athletic director, because, again, I didn't think I'd be an athletic director until five years after, you know, five years into teaching. That's when I, I really thought I'd be transitioning. Now, here I am in my fourth year of teaching uh, and I'm already an athletic director. So um, I, I know that, there, you know, if I just continue down this path, because I, I'm absolutely happy about my growth and development as a teacher, you know, as an athletic director. I mean, just alone from this year, I've learned so much, you know, about myself as a teacher. You know, I know what my, you know, strengths are. You know, I know how I can connect with, you know, students. Um, and I know I can also take on big tasks, you know, as an athletic director. You know, this is a big task, you know, and I have a lot of people relying on me and there's so many different moving parts um, to what I do. Um, and and I, I, it, I'm learning the impact. I think the biggest thing is that I'm learning the impact that I can have on people. And that's what I've discovered as an athletic director is um, I didn't know I could have this effect on so many people to yeah. be completely honest. Um, and, and it's kind of crazy to me specifically um, to know the impact I have on these different student lives, yeah. you know? Um, you know, there's, I, I can, I have so many experiences to draw from where, you know, for example, I had a basketball player last year, you know, started a season, he was ineligible, you know, he probably had below 1.0, you know, and he was like a six seven, six eight, you know, you know, freshman, you know, um, and he really just didn't have the the grades to to be on the team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to develop a plan for him, you know, yeah. uh, where I essentially you know met with him each week during the season, kind of did a grade check with him, really just kind of talked to him about what his struggles are, 
Uh, and I can't, when, when I talk to students about grades, I can't tell them how to get good grades, mm-hmm. right? I can't tell them to go study or whatnot. I mean, I can put a plan in place of how they can help them with time management. But a lot of what I talk about is their relationships with their teachers, mm-hmm. you know, and I talk about, you know, what kind of relationship do you have with your teacher, you know, and do you ask for help? Do you know how to ask for help? You know, and, you know, and I was able to work with that student for about two months um, where once league play started, I was able to get him eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and within league play, within his first couple games, I think in the JV game, he scored like 40 to 50 points in like his second or third game. <laughs> you know, and I, I took a lot of pride in that, you know, yeah. to, you know, work with him. You know, a lot of ADs maybe might have just said, hey, no, you don't have the grades. You know, you mm-hmm. can't play. You know, but I took the time, you know, to work with him every week, you know, to support him in, in different ways to really help him on the how to build human relationships and then to kind of see him have that success, you know, on the court. You know, that's just kind of one of the many stories that I have to that I worked with a lot of different students yeah. in, in different ways to kind of help them, you know, follow their passion for sports, you know, whether yeah. they have troubles, you know, at home, in the classroom, you know, in different ways, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I know that, um, I know that I'm on the right path, you know, at, you know, and, and I'm just going to keep going and, and, you know, I know there's going to be bumps in the road. I know there's gonna be yeah. challenges. Um, but I've been well, able to push through everything and, you know, I, you know, I've been able to be, uh, to be resilient in, in kind of what I do. And yeah. I wouldn't say go with the flow, but, you know, kind of learn from the experiences and, being able to adapt and kind of change paths, you know, I know that when I go into the student community, I'm going to talk to them in a different way that's going to resonate with them, you know, so. Yeah, what do you, what do you think for someone who doesn't, maybe isn't a sports fan, right, or, or sees sports as physical activity or it's part of, maybe it's a culture that uh, someone doesn't fully understand, what do, what would you say is that role or how, how have you seen the role of relationships in um, human connection in the sports space and, and the value of that? Um, well, I mean, I, I deal with a lot, even just as a PE teacher, you know, I deal with a lot of students that have a high interest level in sports and they have, you know, there's some students that don't even have an interest level in sports you know um and that's kind of the balance of a PE teacher like how do you bring them together so that they can you know participate you know and enjoy themselves and get something out of the class you know and you know a lot of times what I do is just you know you know usually people that or from you know a lot of times when people don't have interest in sports is what you know possibly because they're not good at it maybe they're you don't have experience with it Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have the confidence with it. And, and a lot of times what I do as a teacher is let people know it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to grow from these mistakes. And it's okay to experience things in different ways. And it's okay to not be, you know, at the same level as everyone else. You know, um, I think for me as a teacher and athletic director, I, I really focused on trust, really accepting yourself as a person so that you can try new things, you know, mm-hmm. and experience those new things in a, in a new way. Um, and, and I also really, you know, promote sharing, you know, sharing your emotions, 
accepting your emotions, sharing your experiences, you know, and especially if you can verbalize them. You know, there's so many of your classmates or your peers that can learn from your shared experiences, just like, you know, we've kind of learned from, you know, our experiences, you know, when we're in college to SPOP or even just as we, we've done e-ikes, you know, like, you know, I really do put everything that we've learned over the course of the years and I, I do bring it into the classroom. And that's why I feel like I'm a little bit of a different teacher than these students are normal. I, I just feel like, you know, my my approach is a little bit different. You know, sometimes I think about, you know, when I kind of bring in these kind of new ideologies and new philosophies into the classroom or to the athletics field that people kind of think, man, Mr. Chu is like out there or something, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, where is he coming from with all this stuff? But I I just kind of go with it, you know, and mm-hmm. hey, they take from it what they want, you know, yeah, man. Yeah, I think the idea that I talk with uni about this that I, in education, the idea is you, I think when we start, when we're idealistic or when we're really hungry and, you know, want to make a change, we're very tied to the way that kids receive it immediately or the way that they take what we say um, very much at face value where I think just being an, as an educator for a longer time now, and just working with many different kids, you just learn the idea of planting seeds where you're mm-hmm. just planting seeds and the seeds you're planting are just truth that you know and truth that you come to understand. And some kids will take it right away and they'll turn it into a giant field and harvest it right away. And there's some kids who will just let it turn into dirt, you know, and but they'll hopefully they'll meet another educator or somebody else in their life that you know, speaks to them or plant something that they want to take care of. But yeah, that, I, I feel that so much when you, when, when you say that, whereas that that's also the power of being an educator takes a lot of uh, confidence in, in yourself because you, ha- you have to model a certain way. You have to model a philosophy or, or model a uh, thinking for students and be able to do it, you know, in times where they might not be able to see it yet. Yeah. And, 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 you know, especially as teachers, it's important that, you know, we understand how to really build trust over time, you know, and understanding that, you know, if you give students time to kind of understand you, that you'll build this trust. I mean, I've even, you know, I've done a, I did the workshop, you know, I did a mental health lesson and I did the workshop we did over winter break, you know, through that, you know, pricking your personal struggles. Uh, and I did that with my high school students, uh, and I got good reception from that. And then even last week, you know, I did a kindness challenge where I had them send appreciation texts to people and didn't get the most responses out of it, you know. But, you know, those students that did do it, you know, um, you know, I know that, you know, they got a response that they probably weren't expecting, yeah. you know, and it's probably stepping out of their comfort zones a little bit, um, you know. And I think at this point they kind of expect – these type of activities, you know, you know, out of me. Um, And in a way, the more, and for me, I just feel the more and more I kind of do those activities, the more normal they become. And hopefully they can grab onto those one certain activities that they feel comfortable doing. Yeah, man, that's it. That's the, that right there. I mean, those are, it's funny this morning. I, uh, I did, I spoke at the career day of my old elementary school on Zoom. So I did the second grade and the fifth grade. Um, 
Yeah. And I was, and a lot of the questions, right. You tell them what you do. And then a lot of their questions, like the second grade was like, what did you think of your fifth grade teacher? You know, or like, is sixth grade hard? <laughs> you know, or like, <laughs> what did you learn from this teacher? And it's funny just recalling, you know, some of these things that are like 25 plus years and understanding maybe I don't access them all the time or I don't actively access them, but they're there. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, my first grade teacher. Yeah. My sixth grader teacher did this. We did this in kindergarten. And those things are there. Like those seeds that get planted are there for your life. And especially, you know, and also the teachers that did things that I didn't, that I wasn't like, I'm not on that tip. You know, that wasn't necessarily on my tip, but also having that understanding. And, but those things are there. And, and it's, I think it's important to have your own style like that. I love that you're, you're doing that and you're going forward with that. Cause for me, I could pick those, I could pick those teachers out you know, 20, 20 plus years later. And that's effect. I think that's, they should, you know, Mrs. Grubbs, Mrs. Botsford, Miss Erickson, Miss Serafian, Mrs. Metzger, like Miss Carol, my, my freaking old art teacher, Mrs. Barton was there. She was on one of the calls and Mrs. Barton was like <laughs> my art teacher from like fourth to eighth grade. And I'm like, that's, that's nuts. You know, like 24 years later, still here. And now she's teaching my niece and my nephew. And like even that was such a learning experience. Like, whoa, that's a lifelong educator. That's someone who put their life into this vocation, into this service of giving kids the gift of art and their their imagination and cultivating that. And like, for me, you know, as an older person, that's a beautiful. That's actually such a beautiful way to live your life. You know, to be that, to have that dedication to to give your give your like actual life force and your time over that many years. You know. That just hit me in a different way to see that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy for me to even think about these kids still kind of oh, remembering Mr. Chu's PE class, you know, 20 years from now or, or whatnot, you know. Yeah. Um, but I know there's there are some students that are because even, you know, I've actually been able to get my students to open up a lot with me. Even, for example, this one, you know, female student who's probably overweight a little bit. And she always said that every PE teacher you know, put her down, you know, and tell her you can't do this. And, and I'm just like, wow, why would teachers do that? You know, and it seems like I was like the first teacher that didn't judge her, um, that supported her um, and, and just said, hey, you know, and I noticed that she kept talking negatively about herself. And I, you know, in a one on one conversation, I said, hey, you know, I want you to practice talking, you know, better about yourself, you know, don't doubt yourself so much, but start talking more positively about yourself because I believe in you. You know, and, and I'm trying to I'm here as support for you and you don't have to do everything perfect for me, you know, mm -hmm. but if you give me the best effort and you push through these challenges, you know, um, you know, I want you to you know continue to build, build your self-confidence. And I talk a lot about self-image, you know, especially within, you know, PE class and, you know, purpose of working out is to build that self-confidence and self-image of yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so especially at the school that I, you know, you know. I've coached at or I've taught at public schools and private schools and you know those are really different realms of, of communities and you know with the, their own problems where at the private school is probably about you know a school that costs 35 to 40,000 a year you know I, I experienced you know the different challenges of entitlement and privilege there and now I'm working at a public school that's you know really low socioeconomic status and you know they have different kind of needs there where they just need more support and they just need more confidence you know and they just need more hope and potential 
you know, so I've gotten the chance to kind of experience kind of both ends of the spectrum um, when it comes to kind of the different student communities. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I get chewy still. <sighs> that it feels good to hear you bring bringing it in into life. Um, yeah, yeah, chewy was actually there when we started EX when we did the first camps. Uh, we did our very first camp in 2013 in Long Beach. Chewy is one of the first counselors. Chewy is the soul and the spirit and the foundation of EIC. So yeah, to, to hear that intertwined and you're, and you're living it and you're going hard. You're, you're now Mr. Hippie, Mr. Hippie, Mr. Chu <laughs> with his, with his tactics. I love it. Just, just doing me, just doing what you guys taught me to do. Hey man, I'm glad we're all doing it. That that's, that's the shit right there where we're like, we're all, we're all doing it in separate, in separate realms and industries and, because uh, then at the end of the day, right, it's not doesn't really matter what the classification of the industry is or, um, you know, that is obviously has a plan, the dynamics. But in the, the day, we're working with people and we're we're centering the people, you know, uh, and like it's cool, like people do it in all all realms. You know, we have friends that are doing it in acting, in medical fields, you know, like people that are strategists, people that are doing it in financial. You know, we have other educators. It's just psychologists you know dentists and and it's cool to know that there are people out there in all those spaces um serving up the compassion serving up the love so yeah i mean i probably wouldn't be a coach if you guys really didn't call me coach chewy and really kind of speak it (laughs) into existence to be honest because you guys probably called me coach chewy before i was even a coach to be honest you know um so Mm. i mean you know you guys really kind of made me believe me just by by calling me that and it's like well i guess i have to kind of go for it now you know <laughs> you got peer pressured into coaching chewy that's the most that's that's definitely uh sounds very indicative of the way that we were in our 20s yeah i mean i i like i said even when i got that first coaching job it, it still took me what four years later about three to four years later to actually finally yeah. kind of pick up another assistant coaching job yeah you know and I was actually at that time, I was actually trying to go into tech. You know, I was trying to, I took a UX design class and I there's no way that. I'm a designer. That's, I'm not a designer in any way, shape or form. You helped us with, you helped skills. us with the first EX website. You did, the, <laughs> you did the scroll, you did the, our first, I still remember our first EX website. You, you were like, the one thing you were like, oh, we can scroll down. This is parallax, parallax scrolling. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and then I just remember the the pictures would move as you scroll down. I was like, this is the shit right here. We're going parallax scrolling, dude. This is it. This feels super official. We didn't have I could only take it so far. I can only take it so far. <laughs> Thank God you guys got real designers now. All right, we, we brought in real designers into the community. Here's the foundation. The legit. We need the foundation, right? It's like, it's the same thing, right? You watch guys in basketball in the 40s, and you're like, these guys are dribbling with one hand going in circles. How are they <laughs> shooting the ball? But you don't have... Steph Curry and LeBron without the dudes in the forties dribbling in a circle with one hand. So yep. big ups, big ups. All right, Chewy. How about some silversations questions? Uh Oh, all right. Well, well, it's a couple. We'll just dive in. Let's, let's get in here. I okay. always struggle with the uh, wonder cards to be honest. Um, Oh, perfect. Those are perfect. No, maybe. Well, these would be silverstation type questions. So I'll just hit you with questions. Just kind of sit in it. Go for it. Okay. All right. Here we go. 
First one. Oh, this one's not even a conversation question, Chewie. Here we go. This is because I, I really love how you centered your parents. Like if you were to give a message to your mom and to your dad in terms of just however you're feeling and how you're reflecting in this, uh, this conversation and, and how that all feels and, and how you view them, what, what message would you give to them right now? I'm going to be okay. <laughs> no need to worry about me, you know. Yes, uh, yes. I, I'm going to be fine, you know. Uh, you guys have uh, been amazing to me. You guys have supported me. Um, I know that as parents, you will always worry about me, um, you know. But, you know, I want you to know that, you know, I have such a great support network outside of my parents, um, that is really kind of where I draw a lot of my strength, where I draw a lot of my passion and inspiration, um, that I'm always going to be okay. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I know I have a lot of people out there that care about me and that know who I am, you know? Um, so, you know, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, no no we'll need to worry anymore. We'll take care of them. That's my word. We got you. That, that, yeah, I'll be, I'll, you're always a great reason to come back to the Bay when I need an extra push. So, yeah. Yes, we got you. Who is someone from your past that you would want to revisit or reconnect with? Someone from my past. I, you know, if I, I got to go back into my past, um, you know, there's probably, uh, you know, a lot of high school friends, you know, I was really close with in high school mm -hmm. um, that I kind of lost connection, you know, as we kind of went on to college, um, you know, and, you know, they were kind of also kind of the the first friends that really uh, gave me that support and, and self-confidence, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of friends that I probably rec uh, lost c touch with, you know, through high school. Um, you know, probably also, you know, my brother, you know, mm -hmm. him passing away at, you know, when I was so young, um, you know, I, th mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think that would be an interesting conversation, you know, because I think he saw me in a different light than, than what I saw, you know, especially as I was so young, he always talked to me about, I was the one that was mm -hmm. like the special one, you know, out of us two, And, you know, I, I've always still learned so much about that experience that I went through, you know, when he passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I think I learned, you know, I think, you know, you've heard me talk about that, that converse or that, you know, that experience a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think I finally come to the conclusion that that's probably the first time or that's where I really felt I learned uh, what empathy was, to be completely honest, because I empathized with what my mother was going through when she lost a son. And I, that I, you know, to this day forward, like I can't keep that thought out of my head of a mother losing her son and, and the impact um, that it could have on her. And, and that's why I have such a close relationship with my mom, mm -hmm. you know, um, because I would never want to put her through that kind of pain, you know, that I yeah. saw. Um, yeah. So what do you what do you think your what do you think your brother would say to you? Uh, if he was to look at your life right now and what you're doing in your life, what kind of conversation would that be? I don't know. It's interesting because obviously there was such a big, um, 
age gap. You know, he passed away when he was 28 and I was only 14. Mm. So it's not like we ever really had the opportunity to have any like deep conversations, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and in essence, as an only child, you know, I've never known, you know, besides my parents, you know, obviously that's a different relationship and feeling, but I've never really known what it, it's like to have someone really kind of look out for you. Mm. you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i've always been independent and kind of mm-hmm. looked out for myself yeah. you know um even in you know I, you know starting in a fraternity you know like i never had yeah. a big bro i was yeah. a founding father you know i was always the big bro but i never had one so yeah. you know i've never kind of had that figured and, and to be honest i don't even know if i would be comfortable with people looking out for me because i don't know how to accept that yeah yeah, that's, you know. actually, mm, that's actually really interesting. I mean, the, that idea, because um, actually I, when I talk with Jen and we talk about her relationship where um, she lives with, she's very tight with her family, like super tight with her family, right? And they, she's always had them around for all of her life. And, I, and I'm coming to realize, much like you made the decision to go back home, like I've made the decision to n- not go home because of, you know, the work and the, the stuff is here and what that plays to within my own understanding of myself um, and how a lot of my things are by choice. And yeah, how I'm, I'm like, kind of, I have to reconcile that now where I'm thinking about, you know, in a lot of ways, like I'm like, damn, Chewy, Chewy made a decision that I don't think I could have made, you know, to come home and to do that. And, um, just learning that, like I'm learning, like for me, it comes up in ways of like, I, I'm like commitment, commitment. I'm so commitment averse in general because this idea of like when you, when you move, right. Or like when you do things on your own and you, you're not afraid to like do something because right. My, oh, my family, no one's here to tell me what my place is or what my identity is. Like I'm free to make it and I'm free to do it. And I've been, been living that way that yeah, now I'm 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 adjusting to that and having to deal with the flip side of like, you know, in your when you're younger, it's great. You're just like, I'm doing this, I'm living life, purpose is great and then as as life kinda comes back in and you kinda you, you, you refocus or you begin to center things that um maybe you weren't as aware of in your younger years that are like, Oh, this is really important. These things like mortality, these things like family, these things of um coming back to that. Yeah, this is interesting hearing you you talk about that because I'm I kind of dealing with that now in terms of like ah oh, I I didn't I haven't lived that way for so long that now kind of coming back to it or, or regaining that muscle or even learning that muscle uh, for me it's of commitment into um, not just center what it is that I'm feeling I need to do or I should be doing it's it's, it's a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. We're getting older. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. All right, let's see here, Chewy. All right. Oh, this is, where is that? Where is that one? Where did it go? Here we go. Describe yourself in three words. The first being a type of weather. The second, a type of transportation. The third, an emotion or feeling. Um... 
See, these are the ones I struggle with. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just trust your instinct. Weather. Chewy is weather. What are you? I was going to say a, a, I don't know. First thing that popped into my mind was a clear day, a sunset on a clear day. All right. You hear that, ladies? Sunset on a clear day. <laughs> All right. Second type of transportation. Transportation? Um, I'm going to go, and I don't know why, I'm just going to throw out whatever is the first thing that pops in my head. I'm going to go with the Saturn, because I used to drive a Saturn, and it was Mr. Reliable, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, a kind of low-key, reliable car, you know, get you to point A to point B, you know, but still yeah. uh, can get you, can can go, can go different speeds, I guess. <laughs> I there know. we go. That's I don't like this. See, there's a little swag. There's always some swag in Joy. Um, third, an emotion or feeling. Um, I just think balanced, you know, um, mm -hmm. just because, you know, I'm very balanced in, in a lot of different ways, especially on the outside, you know, whether it's a high stress situation, um, um, where it's kind of high energy, even if it's high energy, you know, I still stay pr pretty balanced. Um, it, it's really even depending on, you know, if the day is an up and down day, you know, I, I stay balanced, you know, and yeah. I'm able to process things pretty easy. So, um, you know, I think balance is, is a great emotion for me. Mm -hmm. What would be the theme song in the soundtrack of your life? <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just going to throw out Mr. Brightside because that's one of there my favorite go. songs. <laughs> I want to say I, I heard Mr. Brightside with you. And, some, and some I, I usually do kind of focus on the positive parts of life every day. Mm. You know, I, I try to focus my energy toward that, not neglecting the negative side, but, you know, that's kind of how yeah. I get through the day. Yeah. I'm going to change this one up, Trey. I'm going to make you use your wonder. This one's a courage card, but I'm going to make you use your wonder here. What Instead of what are three things you really enjoy your, about yourself, what are three things that make Chewy such an eligible bachelor? <laughs> <laughs> three things that make me an eligible bachelor? Yeah, those make like you the, an, the an, bad an enticing eligible bachelor. Oh, enticing. Um... I think easygoing, you know, um, I'm not very high, I'm not a high stress person. Um, you know, again, that, that balancing portion of it, you know, you can kind of, you can come at me in, in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll probably still pre stay pretty easygoing and, and relaxed about things. Um, open-minded, you know, mm -hmm. Just because I like things, just because I love things doesn't mean other people have to like the same things. Like I'm open-minded to learn new things. I'm open-minded to share uh, the things that I love and am passionate about. Um, and um, you know, genuine, you know, mm. uh, very genuine about what I do and, and very, I don't really play, you know, what, what you see is, you know, what you get. You don't have to worry about me being fake or, or, or trying to put on, on this front, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you the good with the bad. 
um, and I'm gonna accept, you know, um, kind of the good and bad because I, I think it's important to understand that there, there's always positives and negatives and whatnot, you know. So, yeah, that's the best I can come up with. I love it. I love it. That that best is great. That is great. What is this? Is there a story behind your name, or do you have a story behind any nicknames? I mean, my Chew's my last name, so even in elementary school, everyone always just called me Chew, or Chew, you know, and eventually kind of morphed a lot of different ways to middle school where people called me Chew, you know, some people would call me Chewbacca, yeah. you know, some, some random people would call Chew me, Chew my burrito, <laughs> Chew my gum, you know, um, people don't even know that my first name is Brian, um, you know, it's just... I don't know. You'd probably have to ask everyone else why they don't like they don't use my first name. They always just call me by my my last name, and that's why it's even hard for me to introduce myself. I you know I introduce myself as Brian, but everyone keeps calling me Chewy, so that might cause a little confusion. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a really versatile name, and it's just way better than any m- most first names. And you yeah. can spell it a lot of different ways too. Yes, I mean, I I have you in my phone. There's one, I have the old number that's Chewy. I e e e e e, and then now it's chuay, w a y y y. So I, I mean, I have, I mean, everybody has fun with it. So yeah. All right. What's your definition of courage, and how do you practice it in your life? Definition of courage is, you know, stepping out of those comfort zones. You know, I think we talk a lot about that. You know, um, you know, um, how do I practice that? You know, I don't know, to be completely honest, because every day I step out of my comfort zones, especially as a teacher, when you get up in front of a classroom um, and, and you try to teach a lesson or even as a coach and you step up on the field and you coach, you know, your team and you have a game plan or, or you're not. There's something about me that a switch just turns on, <laughs> you know, yeah. the on button just goes where I'm just, OK, it's not it's time to go and, and step out of the comfort zones and, and just do what you got to do. And. You know, you might make a fool out of yourself. You know, you might not know what to say. You might not even uh, be talking about the right thing, you know. Um, But I think that's more of just kind of the inner self-confidence that you all have helped uh, build inside me. uh, That, that, you know, I've learned to trust myself, you know, when stepping out of the comfort zones. And even still now, I mean, you know, even still playing conversations, even as much as I love having those conversations, it's still uncomfortable. You know, yeah. I, I still have that kind of nervous feeling kind of before we kind of get going, yeah. you know, so. That's it, man. You're living it. All right, Chewy, last question. How many more titles are the Golden State Warriors going to win? I heard. I think I heard Stephen A. Smith say at least two. Let's go, Chewy. I like it. At least um, two. At least two. Oh my god. Soul Versations, the podcast.